San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. Come in. Whoa, clean socks, Mr. Paladin. Mm -hmm. A clean socks for a trip, very important. Oh, yes, thank you. Hey, boy, just put them in the bag there. Yes, sir. Oh, 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 bottle of brandy in bag, too. It's for the trip, very important. Oh, snake bite. Correct. Oh, no snakes in Nevada territory this time of year. Why not? Too cold. Ah, oh, maybe brandy for other purposes, like uh, drinking? <laughs> maybe. Or maybe to give lady named Cleo to uh, make warm? The lady named Cleo has hired me to do a job, that's all. Oh, sure. She wants me to find her husband. Oh, sure. And she's paying me very well. Oh, sure. Hey, boy. You know what you are? No, what I are? Auf den Knödel. Auf den Knödel? Yes. Now, carry this down to the lobby for me. I'm ready to leave the comforts of the Carlton Hotel and head for the wilds of Nevada. Auf den Knödel. Life. The lady named Cleo, whom I had traveled over a thousand miles to help, turned out to be a fat shrew of 50, and her desperate need of me was to find a husband who had understandably tried to blot out his memory of her with drink. By the time I found him, he'd done pretty well. I figured they deserved each other, so I brought him back, memory and all. But I was left in the middle of the Nevada desert, miles from the railroad. I'd been riding for a full day when I heard a strange sound in the desert stillness. Or at least, a strange sound for that lonesome place. It was a baby's cry. And then I saw the wagon. It sat alone, without horses, forlorn in the sand. No sign of life, except the sound. I dismounted and walked toward the wagon. Get away from that wagon. Well, I thought it was deserted. Is this all right? Now get on your horse and ride on. Are you alone here? That don't matter. A woman can't last out here by herself. Where's your man? Clear out, mister. What's that you've been digging? It don't concern you. Is it a grave? Who's it for? The baby and me. Oh, look, I don't know what this is all about, but won't you let me help you? You can't help us none. I can try. You ain't a doctor, are you? No, I'm not. Move on, then. What's wrong with the baby? Typhoid. Typhoid fever. Well, maybe I Hold could... Hold fast, mister. I'd just as soon shoot you dead as know you got a killing fever from us. But you just can't stay Please, out here mister. and... I ain't got the strength to dig another grave. Has the doctor seen your baby? No. Well, then you can't be sure it's typhoid. Mr. Mulrooney knows. Who? Mulrooney, the wagon master. He knows the symptoms. And he just cut you loose? Left you out here to die? He said it was either the baby and me or the whole wagon train. Are they sending help? What can they do? Well, there's a settlement less than a day's ride from here. We'll hitch my horse to the wagon. No. And head out. They won't let us in. 
The wagon train's there by now. They'll know about the typhoid. They'll never let us in, not now. Uh, look, there's fresh water and food in my saddlebag. Enough to hold you till I get back. Where are you going? To get help. Mister, you don't have to do this. Let's just say I want to. Pardon me, ma'am. Yes? They said at the store I'd find a doctor at this house. Yes, that's right. Now, my name is Paladin. I'd like to speak to the doctor, if I may. You are, Mr. Paladin. You're the doctor? Dr. Phyllis Thackeray. Oh, how do you do? Didn't they tell you down at the store? Well, there were some looks. I guess people out here haven't got used to the idea of a woman doctor. Most of them won't even believe I am a doctor. Are you? My diploma's inside, if you care to look. Oh, well, no, no, I'm not the patient. Who is then? A woman and her baby. What's wrong with them? Uh, the baby might have typhoid fever. Might have? Well, I'm not sure. Where are they? They're lying in a wagon a day's ride from here. I see. It's a long ride. You'll find my horse in the stable. By the time you have him saddled, I'll be ready to go. Hmm. You're quite a woman. I'm a doctor, Mr. Paladin. Uh, wait a minute. Oh. Looks like a delegation, doesn't it? Yeah. Just a minute, you two. I've got something to say. Yes, Mr. Davis? Mister, you didn't tell us those people had typhoid fever. No, I didn't. Who did? I did. My name's Jeremiah Mulrooney. Well, now, Mulrooney... You don't look like a murderer. What? You sentenced that woman and her baby to die when you left them out in the desert. They're diseased. You've done nothing to help them? Uh, look, mister, typhoid's a terrible thing. It, it's nothing to fool around with. We don't want it here. He that touches pitch shall be defiled forthwith. You've consorted with the disease. The fever is upon you, too. So, uh, you'd better make tracks, mister. Wait. Mr. Davis, he's not even sure it is typhoid. I'm sure. I saw it. You're not qualified to say. And who says she is? Uh, are you going out there with this man, Mr. Thackeray? Well, of course, Mr. Davis. I'm a doctor. All right. That's up to you. But once you mix with a fever, you're not welcome back here. And don't try bringing those fever patients back here, either. If we have to bring them back, we will. Look, we got folks to protect. Children of our own. And we'll shoot you down if we have to to keep them safe. They mean what they say, Mr. Paladin. So do I. You ready to go? I'm ready. Of all leading filters, cigarettes catch filters best. Catch filters best. It makes good sense when you smoke Kent. Kent. Oh, 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 oh,
I guess perhaps I wasn't used to the idea of a woman doctor myself, especially one as pretty as Phyllis Thackeray. She rode beside me through the desert, all night, without rest, without complaint. Now it was just after sunrise. Maybe I should have brought something for saddle sores. <laughs> you want to rest? I want to get to that baby. Yeah. Shouldn't be long now. Good. You know, you should be on a velvet settee, wearing a hoop skirt and fluttering your eyelash over a fan. I tried that. It was too easy. <laughs> Is that why you studied medicine? This was hard? Maybe. Something like that. Wasn't it tough enough practicing back east? I guess I'm as much missionary as physician. I was the second woman to graduate from my medical school. Others came after me. It was difficult for all of us, but gradually we're becoming accepted as something better than freaks. <laughs> You're not accepted yet. You just got run out of town. Maybe I'm not the missionary I think I am. Or the doctor. Well, we'll see. There's the wagon up ahead. I don't see anybody. Neither do I. Come on. sleeping. I hope that's what it is. Is there anything I can do? Just help me up there. Right. And cross your fingers. Doctor, coffee's ready. Mm, smells good. The food will be ready in a minute. Yeah. Here. Thanks. How are they? Well, the mother's suffering from exhaustion. Exposure, nerves, no sleep. The baby? Typhoid? Well, maybe. I don't know yet. Mulroney knows all the symptoms. So do I. High fever, red spots, delirium, then a coma that leads to the crisis. The baby has all of them. Still, it could be something else. But whatever it is, I can't do much for her in this wilderness. You want to take them back to town? Yes. You know what that means? Yes. It's necessary, medically? Yes. I'll hitch the horses to the wagon. Mr. Paladin. Mm hmm? You don't have to come with me. I wouldn't miss it. There's something about that Mulrooney's face I didn't like. Stop that wagon right there. Don't come no farther. Ooh. Ooh. They have guns, Mr. Paladin. I'm going to try to talk some sense into their heads. Here, hold the reins. Stand right there. No closer. Dr. Thackeray has examined the woman and child. The woman has no signs of typhoid. Her child is diseased. The doctor isn't sure the baby has typhoid. I'm sure. That baby needs treatment. Now, Mr. Davis, you're a sensible man. 
Are you going to let Mulrooney sentence a woman and child to death? We'll bring what you need out here. But you ain't bringing them into town. They'll be completely isolated in the doctor's office. Paladin, they're sick and we can't take the chance. We've got to protect them. They're not as sick as you people. Now, you may be able to keep them out of this settlement. But you'll carry your own sickness with you wherever you go. You'll die again every time you see a baby smile. We've got our own kids to think about. How do your children cry when they're sick? Any different from that baby? Suppose it was your child crying like that. Would you send it to the desert to die? Now listen to me, all of you. I'm driving that white into the doctor's office, and don't you try to stop me. If you need a doctor, you know where she'll be. We won't let you do it, Paladin. We won't let you bring disease and pestilence into our midst. I'm afraid they'll use those guns, Mr. Paladin. Get back there with Mrs. Benson. Both of you lie flat. You going to try it? Go on, get back. Come on! Mr. Paladin, are you all right? Fine, fine, we're through. I'll have you in your office in another minute. sat on her porch and kept watch, seeing their torches, hearing the voice of Mulrooney haranguing the townspeople, working them up. But they didn't come. And inside, the doctor worked with her patience. It was after dawn when she came out to me. Still quiet? Oh, well. Mulrooney is still working on them like a witch doctor. There's breakfast inside. You'd better eat something. I'll stand guard for a while. Thanks. How's Mrs. Benson? She'll be all right after she gets some rest. And the baby? The fever broke last night. Oh, what does that mean? It isn't typhoid. Not typhoid? You sure? Yes. Well, how can you be certain? You've only been with her overnight. You still doubt me, don't you, Mr. Paladin? The symptoms are there. Symptoms can be ambiguous. Now get your breakfast. You need it. All right. Well, Mrs. Benson, it's nice to see you up and around. I wish I could tell you how much I'd appreciate it. Oh, no. No gratitude before breakfast. (laughs) Baby's better, huh? Yes, much better. Hmm. Mrs. Benson, Hmm? why does Mulroney hate you so much? Um, My husband died early on the trip. After a while, Mulrooney wanted me to marry him. Said it was God's will to care for widows. And he was the chosen messenger. I wouldn't let him near me. Then the baby got sick. Come outside. What is it? They're coming. Look. I'll handle them. Go inside with Mrs. Benson. No, maybe I can help. You take care of your patients. You may have some new ones. I want to stay. All right, but stand back. That's far enough, Mulrooney. This torch is the fire of truth and justice, Paladin. It will burn away the seeds that Clara Benson has spread among us. 
will scourge the disease from our souls and bodies and purify these homes again. The only disease is in you, Mulrooney. Mrs. Benson is well, and the baby is out of danger. Lies! In the very face of judgment. Mulroney, I'm giving you 15 seconds to drop that torch and call off those rifles. The flames of the just will vanish this scourge. Let the fires rage in the land of... You have 10 seconds. Wait! Listen, all of you. That baby never had typhoid fever. Don't believe her. I saw the child raging with fever, livid with rash. That rash was measles! You're lying. Three-day measles, Mr. Mulrooney. And you left them to die because of it. Mrs. Benson, bring the baby out. No, it's not true. You're trying to humiliate me, to belittle me. You'll see. All of you. The fever is down. The rash has faded. Her eyes are bright. There, look. Look at her, Mulrooney. You can kill people with hate. But not with three-day measles. <laughs> Rooney, three-day measles. <laughs> Stop! Stop it! You can't laugh at me! Stop! Paladin! Rooney, don't be a fool! I'm going to kill you, Paladin. I'm going to laugh at your grave! <laughs> No need. I think he's dead. You shoot very straight. Mr. Paladin. What do you want? Mr. Paladin. Well, I, I, I guess we was wrong to listen to him. He, he seemed to have so much book learning. But he was just setting us against each other. I'm glad we woke up in time. Next time, you better wake up a little sooner. Dr. Thackeray, this town hasn't been too good for you. Maybe you'd like to come along with me. They can always use a good doctor in San Francisco. Oh, please, ma'am. I guess we ain't been very friendly, but we'll make it up to you. You'll forgive us and stay. Well, Dr. Thackeray... Thanks, Mr. Paladin, for your offer. But there are too many of those velvet settees in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I'll stay here where I'm needed. Oh, good afternoon, Mr. Paladin. Good afternoon, hey boy. You get in late last night. Uh, sleep all day. Now up and feeling fine. I do indeed. Boy, you have good time with Lady Cleo. Lady Cleo. Lady herself for you. Mm. You know. Oh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I'd forgotten about her. Oh, sure. Uh, I met a lady who was much more charming. A lady doctor. Oh, sure. Yeah. As a matter of fact. I've had a fine case of three-day measles. Oh, yeah, the three-day measles. Oh, sure. <laughs> it's true. Oh, oh. Uh, you got dirty laundry. Uh, you put out tonight. Uh, to coin a phrase, hey, boy. Oh, sure.
of Gun Will Travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman MacDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Don Brinkley and adapted for radio by John Dunkel. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Vic Perrin, Gene Bates, and Lou Krugman. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. I promised I'd avoid a gunfight if possible. But it looks as though it isn't possible. I have one bullet left. You may draw when you're ready. Have Gun, Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875, the Carlton Hotel, headquarters of the man called Paladin. <laughs> Go on, Mr. Paladin. Well, at 7 o'clock, we could have champagne in the lounge. Mm -hmm. At 8 o'clock, dinner at the Peacock, something special. Oh, I'm intrigued, Mr. Paladin. And, uh... Then? Uh, coach ride to Barnaby's for Crepe Suzetta's only Barnaby prepares a Crepe Suzetta. Mm. And after that, a liqueur back here by the fire in the lounge. No. Then? What? Uh, no. Oh, hey, boy. Who is this? Uh, me, number one for Mr. Paladin. Sorry, lady. No champagne. No peacock. No creepy Suzetta. No liquors tonight. Wire come. You go. I know. You already packed. Wire? Here. Bad news, Mr. Paladin? Oh, dear lady, forgive me. Hey, boy, send an answer to Tom Carter, Abilene. Just say, have gun, little travel. Here you are. Your bag, your saddle, and your gear. This is your hotel right here. What's that? 
Oh, folks in the Wild West show hold up in town right now. <laughs> Most likely Ella West. Ella West, huh? Yeah. <laughs> the star attraction at Tomahawk Carter's Wild West show. It was kind of frisky at times. Uh, wouldn't go into the lobby by the front way if I was you. You wouldn't? Huh? Not with Ella cutting up before breakfast. <laughs> she just might take it into her mind to shoot them buttons off in that fancy vest you're wearing. <laughs> well, I'll chance it. <laughs> well, just uh, just friendly advice, brother. <laughs> I'd like a room, please. Uh, uh, what? A room. Uh, My name is Paladin. Oh, yeah, uh, well, just a minute. Uh, now, hold on, Ella. Firm's fun, but enough. Oh! I'd prefer whiskey if I felt like drinking, which I don't. Say, you know who you're talking to? I do. I'm Ella West, and I can out-shoot, out-ride, and out-cuss any man here. I can out-drink you, I can out-chew you, and I can out-spit you. Possibly. Hey, Ella, that's Tracy Calvert. Tracy, where? Hi, Tracy. Now, you gonna let Ella take over your spot in the show, huh? Morning, Ella. I didn't see you come in, Tracy. Why don't you answer Breed's question? Well, I, I just might take your spot. For two cents, I'd run you out of town, pony boy. Don't cut your price for me, Ella. Why, you... Break it up now, folks. Break it up. Drinks around Tomahawk Carter. Everybody. I want to talk to you, Ella. You too, Tracy. That squabbling's got to stop. <laughs> you find me in the bar. Come on, Breed. Well, sure thing, Ella. Come on. Yeah, what was it this time, Tracy? The same thing it always is, Mr. Carter. Well, wrap me in buffalo hide, paladin. <laughs> Hello, Tom. Hello. Oh, you're a sight. Well, that's a real sight. Tom. Yes, sir. Tracy, this Mr. Paladin. He knew me way back when I was making an honest living. <laughs> Tracy Calvert. I've seen you ride, Mr. Calvert. Laramie, Wyoming, 71, when you took the grand prize. I had a lucky day, Mr. Paladin. Uh, we got powwow to make. Well, I'll run along, Mr. Carter. No, no, you stick here, Tracy. I got bad trouble, and I want you to handle it, Paladin. Save your money, Tom. I never saw a man you couldn't handle. It ain't a man. That little gal I want gentle tonight. Tom, there's one wild thing man will never civilize. Woman. And if you mean that one, I'm afraid there'll be no pleasure in failing. That little gal in there happens to be Ella West. 24 years old, she's already more of a name than Calamity Jane, Cimarron, Rose, and Bell Star lumped together. I got her in my show, and I got damaged bills to prove it. And I'm going to lose my shirt even before I get my show together if something ain't done. And you'll lose more when you get on the road. There's a million people want to see Ella West, Mr. Paladin. Darling of the frontier, heart of gold, yes, I've seen the write-up. She's fast with a gun, and she can ride like a Comanche. She has to be more than that. Ella West is a legend, Tom, a romantic illusion. Your audience will expect you to bring it to life. That's right. And instead, you'll produce a repugnant, grimy-faced, loud-mouthed little shrew. 
Well, I don't figure Ella's as bad as all that, Mr. Paladin. Oh, how long have you known her? She joined the show last month. Well, my question was, how long have you known her, Mr. Calvert? If you don't mind, I'll look in on the stock. Tracy and Ella was raised in the same part of the country. Learned shooting and riding together. Let him tame her. He seems to have a personal interest. Now, doggone it, we're old Tom, Tom, you're talking about making a show horse out of a wild, mean-tempered colt. Now, that takes more than taming. It means crushing its spirit, rebuilding it from the ground up. With a horse, the odds are ten to one for failure. Yeah, I guess I knew it wasn't any use all along. I could have made a fortune with her. That's why I want ten percent of the entire season's gate if I succeed. You ain't changed, have you? I hope that's a compliment. <laughs> it ain't never stealing to ask what you're worth. Here's Mr. Paladin, Ella. Oh, fancy pants. He come here to learn you some things. <laughs> you ain't gonna learn me nothing. Correct. My function is to teach. You will do the learning. I quit. Fair off time. She just resigned. Wait just a blasted minute here. If anyone gets runned off, it's gonna be him. <laughs> Go along, Tom. I'll talk to you later. I'll be in the saloon. Now then, sit down, Miss West. <laughs> Mind if I smoke? Go ahead. Try lighting that cigar now, fancy pants. That will be two deductions from your wages, the cost of the cigar and the bullet damage. You're kind of a cool one, fancy pants, but you ain't going to make no lady out of me. First, you're not worth two cents to the show as a lady, and second, that would be impossible in the first place. Why, you... <laughs> you took my gun. It'll be less noisy that way. Now, sit down, please. Better? Although your audiences will expect you to be somewhat different from the average woman, they will expect certain fundamental manners. The essence of showmanship is to be different without being obnoxious. You're a lily-livered, fancy-talking dude. I'll run you out of town by morning. I believe you made the same ridiculous threat to Tracy Calvert. Him, too. Tracy said anything to you about me, I'll kill him. <laughs> There's a ring of honesty in that threat, Miss West. However, he said nothing. I was merely speculating. Are we ready? You've got something to learn me. I mean, teach me, then get on with it. But keep your nose pulled in, dude. Incorrect. 
I gotta eat, don't I? You don't reach with a fork and spear a slice of bread. You pick it up with now, your hand. Now, just a minute. And you never speak with your mouth full. Now, it's one thing to act homespun. It's quite another. Breathe. To... You wearing a gun, dude. It's quite another to create revulsion. I suggest you confine your idiosyncrasies to calling the food littles and complaining over the last of buffaloes. I asked you a question, dude. I heard you. Because if you ain't got a gun, you better get one. I'm going to teach you some manners. Drop it. Ellie, you've been tied to this dude for two days. Now, you like it or something? I'm going along because there's money in it. You know an easier way, Breed? Yeah. All right, Ellen. You say the word when you need me. Mr. Breed seems to resent me almost as much as you do. I can handle Breed for you, dude. No need, Miss West. When the time comes, I'll handle him myself. Remember, just pretend I'm a newspaper reporter. Get on with it. <clears throat> Another question, miss. Tell us about your parents. My old man was a stinking drunk, and the old lady was worse. She was always... You are talking to reporters. Well, then let them make it up like they've been doing all along. <clears throat> Mention the homestead. Homestead? It was a stinking sow pen. You can ask Tracy Calvert. He... It was so bad you couldn't believe it. I'm sorry. You wouldn't feel so blasted up if you got rud up like that. You knew Tracy Calvert then? Oh, yeah. I knew him. We was kids then. His daddy had a nice spread of land. You should have seen Tracy's house. All painted inside and out with a fence around it. And Tracy's ma all starched up and nice. She gave me a dress once. My old lady traded it for some whiskey. No, Tracy did laugh. He could ever seen me wearing it anyhow. I think I understand. What? About you, Tracy Calvert. Do you? Now, maybe you do it fast. You're kind of a strange one yourself. I didn't know real men came in fancy pants. What I mean is, we ain't doing so bad, are we? I don't know. He's sort of like you. Everything I wasn't, Tracy was. Everything I didn't have, he did. When he was real little, his mom let me stay one night. She come in and pulled the cover up and kissed me. <laughs> I was 16 and he was 18 when they was going to move away. Maybe he wasn't growed up yet, but I was. Well, I was growed up plenty. I didn't ask Tracy to marry him. He'd just take me with him. I'd do anything if he would. He could cut me up into little pieces if he wanted to. Just take me. I never said the same thing since, but I'm saying it to you. I, I ain't what folks think. No man's never touched me. You take me with you when you go back to San Francisco. I wouldn't be afraid with you. Maybe just kiss my cheek and say something nice. I don't want to be in no show, printed in no paper. I, I just want somebody to know I'm alive. Please. No. What's the matter? Look at yourself. You're still that grimy 16-year-old kid pretending she's a man. You don't compete with women because you're afraid to. Allison. Find a man who wants the smell of the stables and ask him to take you away. Breed wants me. Then you and Mr. Breed deserve each other. And he can have me just as soon as he kills you. He's a nasty one, Mr. Paladin. Come along if you like. Well, 
Good afternoon, Ella. I heard you wanted to see me, Mr. Breed. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't recognize you first. Wearing them big boys' clothes. <laughs> You're carrying your play acting too far this time, Ella. Play acting? I've shot men for less. That's kid talking. We aren't kids anymore. Shut up, Tracy! You heard the lady, Tracy. Shut up and get out. Me and Fancy Pants gonna settle something. I changed my mind, Breed. I don't want no killing. Uh-uh, honey, we made a bargain. You're gonna keep it all the way. Tracy, take her to one side. You, barkeep, pour five shots and set them up in the line. Yes, sir. Oh, see. I promised Tom Carter I'd avoid a gunfight if possible. <laughs> oh, you ain't got no choice, Fancy Pants. All poured? Yes, sir. Good. Now then, Mr. Breed, I have one bullet left. Please, draw whenever you're ready. Well, I... Are you going to draw? I didn't... If you aren't going to draw, I suggest that you find Tom Carter, hand in your resignation, and start traveling. Now. Lessons continue at 7, Miss West, in my room. Please be on time. Well. I got myself some female clothes. Cost more than genuine buckskin. I took a bath. Well, come in. Tracy Calvert's right. If I ain't a woman, I ain't nothing. I'll go if you want me to. You look very nice, Miss Well, You don't have to say that. That happens to be true. You come off surprisingly womanly in a dress. The store sold me a lot of lashings and cross ropes to go underneath. It is and not I... considered good taste to discuss undergarments. I'm sorry. Only thing that threw me was my top notch is worse than platinum a cap on his tail. I still hate you. Kind of. You know, you smile and go ahead. I don't blame you. You're clumsy and I talk ignorant. And I guess a few yards of silk don't help the likes of me much. The wise man judges by the lady's smile. I think I felt better when you was whooping my knuckles and telling me not to spear my bread. Golly. That's the first nice thing you said to me. I'm dealing with a woman now. You're dealing with a shaky one. You just being kind to me. A woman needs kindness only when she has no virtues, Ella. I? I wouldn't want you to say anything out of pity. Pity isn't included in the court. Come in. Well, Mr. Powers and I were... Holy lovely jumping toads. Oh, Tracy. Why, Ella, you... Well, uh, I... Gosh. What's the matter, Tracy? Well, Ella, I've never seen you in... I mean, your hair, your eyes, Ella. You... You're a lady, Ella. Am I, Tracy? You sure are, and I'll kill the man who says you ain't. I'm sorry for what I said to you, Ella, about not being a lady. But doggone it, you've changed. He changed for you, Mr. Kelvin. Huh? 
She'll tell you herself in time. But she'd like it very much if you just kept that silly look on your face and kept thinking of her as a lady. Oh, I will, Ella. I swear I will, honestly. What'd I do wrong? Did, did I offend you? No, Tracy. No, dear, dear Tracy. Now, Ella, don't cry. I... Mr. Paladin, what do I do now? Take your lady in your arms, Mr. Kelvin, and never let her go. Abilene Town, Mr. Paladin. In Abilene Town, things are going smoothly. And uh, how are things here in San Francisco? Smoothly. Specifically, the young lady I never dined with, is she still registered here? Oh, yes. Ah. Then will you please take her this note and tell her I'm back? I do it, but her, her husband no like. Her husband? <laughs> she get married two days ago. Ah, me. But the Spanish dancer registered today. Very nice. Oh, you catch him up for dinner, eh? The Spanish dancer? Oh, boy. Uh, hey, boy, take that note up to the Spanish dancer with my compliments. Same note? <laughs> Same note. <laughs> Gun will travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced by Norman McDonald and stars John Daner as Paladin with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Gene Roddenberry and adapted for radio by John Dawson. Featured in the cast were Virginia Gregg, Sam Edwards, Harry Bartell, Lawrence Dopkin, Lynn Allen, and Barney Phillips. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. say you made allowances for your opponent's ability with a gun. Have gun. 
Will Travel. Starring Mr. John Daner as Paladin. San Francisco, 1875. The Carlton Hotel. Headquarters of the man called Paladin. Good morning, Mr. Paladin. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. Paladin. Good morning, Mr. Davis. I'm going to be at the Pacific Union Club. I was wondering if there's any mail for me. Clerk, uh, a room, please. Uh, Do you have a reservation? Uh, uh, No reservation. This trip came up suddenly. You have references? I'm Ned Alcorn, president of the Citibank in Placerville. Uh, uh, Here are my credentials. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes, of course, Mr. Alcorn. If you will sign here. Excuse me, Mr. Powell. Oh, uh, uh, wait a minute, clerk. Yes, sir? I uh, want you to take a good look at this picture. Manfred Holt wanted dead or alive $2,000 reward. This man might show up here. A desperado here in San Francisco? Uh, may I see that, please? Oh, I beg your pardon? I'm sorry. My name is Paladin, Mr. Alcorn. I couldn't help overhearing. Oh. This Manfred Holt, wasn't he to be hanged last week in Placerville? Why, yes. He broke out of jail three days ago. Uh, killed two deputies. You think he's coming here? I think so, yes. He's killed nine men, and he'll come after me sooner or later. Why? Well, I was the chief witness against him at the trial. Oh, I see. His wife's living in a cabin up in Grass Valley. She had a son born while the trial was on. Holt swore in court that he'd see the infant and then come after me. Well, it'd probably be better for you if Holt was stopped in Grass Valley, wouldn't it? Of course. As it is, there's a sheriff and a couple of deputies chasing him up there for all the good it'll do. This makes the fourth time Holt's got away from Sheriff Ludlow. Oh, that sheriff's not too smart. I'm no bounty hunter, Mr. Alcorn. However, I am available for a fee. To do what? Here. My card. Have gun, will travel. It was a long ride from San Francisco to Grass Valley, and I had a lot of time to think about this outlaw, this Manfred Holt, who had killed nine men. Nine men lying dead somewhere because of him. And his wife had just borne him a child. It's a strange sort of cycle. Near noon of the second day, I rode out into a wide meadow and suddenly pulled up short. Three men were spread out along the side of a knoll, their rifles ready. They were working towards a thicket in the middle of the clearing. I dismounted and walked forward. Give it up, Holt. You don't have a chance. That blamed ornery fool. Hey, Sheriff! Look behind you! What? What are you doing here, mister? I want to talk to you, Sheriff. I'm coming in. Where'd you come from? San Francisco. Are you Jake Ludlow? Maybe I am. That's Manfred Holt you've got boxed up over there. What do you know about all this? A man named Alcorn wants me to see that Holt has returned to Placerville. I was on my way to his wife's cabin. So was Holt when we caught up to him. Oh. Uh, is Holt alone? Yeah, just him. He's got a saddle horse and a pack horse. Then you don't need any help. Not unless you want to save us some time and start digging his grave. He might surrender. You think I'd chance two days on the trail back to Placerville with Holt? He's already killed two of my deputies. He was tried and found guilty. They're going to hang him, aren't they? Hang later or shot now. What's the difference? 
The difference between justice and murder. He's coming out. I can see his horse. It's a pack horse. Stop him, Ed. Bring him down. That's fine shooting, just fine. You missed him. It was too late. He was flying. You crazy-eyed fool. What are we going to do, Sheriff? Start closing in. I'll come in from this side. You think he's still in there? Better put that fancy gun in your hand. You might need it. Perhaps he was under the canvas on that pack horse. Who are you, mister? Name's Paladin. All right, Paladin. Keep your eyes open. Sheriff, he's gone. Ain't nobody in these trees. Looks like he got away from us again. And what did you do to stop him? Oh, I... There are his shells. He was firing from here. And he crossed over to here, where his horses were, and he, he climbed on one, the pack horse. He was under the canvas. That slippery murdering devil. Gage, you follow his trail. Me and Abel hit straight for his cabin. One way or other, we'll find him. His saddle horse is over there. You want him? No, he just slows up. Leave him be. Uh, Sheriff, I'll I'll meet you at the cabin. Look, Paladin. You cross Holt's trail, just get out of the way. There's eleven men I know of tried to beat him on the draw. They're all wearing marble slab hats now. The sheriff and his partner Abe headed out for Holt's cabin while the other deputy Gage followed the trail of the pack horse. When they were well on their way. I moved over towards the biggest cottonwood in the thicket. You can come down out of that tree now, Holt. There's no point in trying to shoot. You make too good a target against the sky. All right, I'm coming down. Why'd you throw your gun down first? Here it is. All right, come on down. How'd you know I was still here? You rode the pack horse under the tree and swung up a branch without touching the ground. How'd you get the horse to keep running? Slip a burr under the pack saddle? Sharp rock. Hate to do it to old Jenny, but she'll keep going till she shakes that rock loose. You knew all the time, huh? What's your name? Paladin. Why don't you tell Ludlow? He would have killed you. And you? What you gonna do? I'm taking you back to Placerville. To be hung at a county fair while they hawk buttons off of my shirt as souvenirs? Let's go. Man ought to be let die like a man at the hands of a man. What are you messing in this for, anyway? The reward? Alcorn hired me to see that you don't reach him. Alcorn? Hired your gun out of that quivering tub of gully mud. Can't even fight his own fights. <laughs> Against you? Well, any man can't handle a gun. Got no business west of the Mississippi. All right, mount up. Yeah. Look, Paladin, half day's ride from here is my cabin. My wife and my boy are there. I got a present to give the boy. I see. You let me get the cabin first, I'll go quiet with you to Placerville. No trouble. You got my word. I'm not begging, mister. I'm offering my word. The sheriff will be waiting at the cabin. I'm going to give my son his present. You've never seen your son? No. <laughs> He's only been around three weeks. Then you ought to see him before you go to Placerville. Let's go. Oh, he ain't this the country, though. 
I tell you, the Sierra's not ever place to be. Good country. There's a narrow trail up ahead going up over that cliff. We'll save some time. Okay, we'll take it. Wish my stomach had quit barking. At me. Hungry? If you're chewing on this horse, he'd hold still long enough. Now, wait a minute. Yeah, have some of this. Yeah, jerky. I used to like jerky. Until I married Uncle Sarah, got used to woman cooking. Yeah, it's pretty good. This here's a trail I mentioned. All right, you lead the way. Yeah. Here. Easy. Yes, sir. A woman sure changes a man. Well, it's too bad she didn't change her ways with a gun. We might have had more time together. Man has to be the way he is. I don't like somebody. I reach for a gun just natural the way you'd reach to scratch an edge. Maybe. Watch Ooh, your step. Uh, this here's tricky ground. Well, you can't go around killing everybody you don't like. Does kind of sound like I got me some bad habits. Still, it don't seem right to hold a carnival and string me up. I got a son now. Can't you just see him going around saying my daddy got hung? How a man lives is more important than how he dies. But it's my finish they'll be remembering most. Up ahead around that bend where it gets steep. Narrow and steep. You hug the walls. Okay. Now, if my boy could say... My daddy stood up like a man in a gunfight. Got shot down like a man, working a gun. Now, that's something else again. Then I will you. Hey, Paladin, take hold of that horse. Well, I'll cinch his loose saddle slip it. Paladin, you hurt? No, I'm all right. I'll need help getting up. Drop me a rope. Paladin, you're down there on that ledge, and I'm up come here. Come on, come on, man. Get a rope down you here. You see how it is. You know what I got to do. You're taking me back to hang. Hurry up, Holt. This ledge won't hold me very I'm long. I'm real sorry, Paladin. I thought you never killed a man except with a gun. Holt. Holt. Grab this rope, Paladin. I got it. All right, yeah. mister. Come on up. I got it. Thanks. No thanks called for. You didn't turn me over to Jake Ludlow when you could have, so you saved my life, man. You wouldn't have been down there if it wasn't. You went off of your trail so I could see my son. The way I see it now, we're quits. All right. Neither of us owes the other anything. Fair enough. You keep your eyes open now on. That's my cabin there. The sheriff and Abe probably inside. Paladin, I got to get in there. You will. What you got in mind? I'm going to wedge this. Oh, now. Oh. Wedge this pebble between the shoe and the hoof of my horse. What for? Never mind. There. Now, you stay out of sight until Ludlow and his man ride out. All right. Come on, boy. Come on.
you finally got here, huh, Paladin? Ah, uh, Sheriff, your, your man Gage caught up to Manfred Holt back near where you had him cornered this morning. He got him? No, no, he didn't. Oh, Gage did? He was still able to talk when I left him back at the clearing. Wouldn't hurt to get him to a doctor. Bad, huh? Well, uh, there's nothing I could do for him. Abe? No, no, I'm not going nowhere. Not alone. Not with Holt out there someplace. All right, get our horses. We'll go together. Okay. What's the matter with your horse, Paladin? Ah, he's gone lame. I can't ride this way. You sure can't. Looks like I'm stuck here. Well, you better hide in the woods till we get back. Mm. Here we are, Sheriff. If uh, Holt gets here before we get back, use that gun. All right. The little cabin sat quiet and alone in the lush green valley. There was only a dust cloud over in the west to show where Ludlow and Abe were tracking the other deputy. I turned and motioned Holt to come in. There was some whopper you told Ludlow. Look, we won't have much time before they find Gage. You better give your son his present. Uh, Paladin, I guess you and me now reached a point where we stop counting what we owe each other. Manfred? Sarah. Oh. What's this I hear about you greeting boy children? Oh, Manfred. <laughs> oh. oh, no, Sarah. Don't, don't, don't be carrying on so. You knew I'd be along. I knew. I brought friends, Sarah. Here's Mr. Paladin. Mrs. Holt. Uh, won't you come in? No, thank you. Uh, I'll stay out here. You two have a lot of talking to catch up on. Oh, that's true. That's surely true. Come on now, Sarah. You, you show me what you've been up to. Sorry it was so long in there, Paladin. Takes a lot of talking for a woman to tell about bearing a child. Yeah, I guess it does. It's good drinking water, ain't it? That's yeah, good pump you got here, too. I got me a son, Paladin. Fine strapping son. Did you give him his present? I sure did. I give him my name. Manfred Holt, Jr. I, uh... I see you picked up a present for yourself. Yeah, <laughs> the gun. You know, it's funny, Paladin. A fellow like me has just got to have one. Yeah. Let's get moving. Sheriff will be back any minute. I'm not going to Placerville with you. Yes, you are, Holt. Not for that crowd waiting there in Placerville. Not until I find Ned Alcorn, anyway. He hired me to see that you don't kill him. I never would feel right knowing he's walking the same earth I am. I'd see he had a gun. Now, we've talked about that, Holt. He's not very good with a gun. Too bad. If you went on, there'd be other men. Some of them pretty helpless that you wouldn't like. You'd have to kill them. A man just has to be what he is. I guess that holds for you, too. That's right. Well, I was hoping it wouldn't turn out this way, Holt. Ain't nothing you can do now to change it. You won't ride back with me? No. Let's move away from the cabin. She's been told not to come out till everyone's gone, no matter what. She won't. All right. Here. Don't try nothing fancy, Paladin. Wing in the shoulder of the lack. man like me, you either kill or he kills you. I know. Of course, I'm figuring to beat you. I'm awful good. 
That pump. When the next drop of water falls, we both fire. Can you see it? Next drop. Yeah, I can see it. Building up, hold. Yeah. It's coming. I'm sorry, Manfred. Sorry? Was saving me from that... That Placerville circus? Manfred Jr., he, he don't like for his pa to get me... when I'd finished the grave and fixed a simple marker to go on it. An evening breeze was coming fresh from the high mountains. And in the half-light, I could see Sarah, her son in her arms, standing by the cabin. And later, after I'd said goodbye and had ridden to the low hills that ringed the valley, I turned to look back again. Now there was no one in sight. But a trail of smoke came from the chimney, and I knew the woman was cooking the evening meal. And there was a wonderful peace in the meadowland. Welcome home, Mr. Paladin. Thank you. It's good to be back. Uh, while you were away, the San Francisco papers carried the full story of your killing Manfred Holt and your reward. Two thousand dollars. Oh, and yes, Mr. Alcorn left this envelope for you. Here you are. Oh, my fee. Yes, that's what I came back for. I'll be leaving in the morning, Mr. Davis. Leaving so soon? Something important? Very important. I have two envelopes I want to deliver to a young widow and her son in Grass Valley. Gun will travel. Created by Herb Meadow and Sam Rolfe, is produced and directed by Norman McDonald, and stars John Daner as Paladin, with Ben Wright as Hayboy. Tonight's story was written by Sam Rolfe and adapted for radio by Frank Michael. Featured in the cast were Lawrence Dopkin, Frank Cady, Ralph Moody, Joseph Kearns, Gene Lansworth, and Sam Edwards. Hugh Douglas speaking. Join us again next week for Have Gun, Will Travel. <laughs>